Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. All right, all right, all right. Today is session five, Tuesday, April 19th. This is uh, Bernie Sanders Day, otherwise known as uh, the New York uh, caucus, uh, New York um, primary, I should say. And um, <laughs> I think my, uh, my man uh, Solomon uh, talked this uh, talk show into existence because as soon as he said talk show, then all of a sudden the thing started working. He should have said that 10 minutes ago, but. Um, <laughs> recorded live. Recorded live. So, uh, how are you doing, man? I'm good. Thank you. Yeah. Good. Um, yeah, we got cleared, so I'm just going to go straight in. Uh, again, this is session five. I'm going to recap you know, where we've been and where we're going. So, uh, we talked about the each session has one of the top five things that gets in the way of relationships. Um, so the first one is the biggest one, not knowing who you are. It's the biggest one, even though uh, people don't know how painful it is because it's like you don't know when you're paying too much for something because you don't know it. Um, but uh, not knowing who you are is the biggest problem in relationships, and uh, it's 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 uh, invisible to most to people who don't know that they don't know who they are, but it's the most it's the worst one. Second one, gender differences. Um, there's two aspects of gender differences. One is understanding the opposite sex, and two is understanding how to interact with the opposite sex successfully. And so um, this program talks about how to interact with the opposite sex successfully because it's much easier to understand that, uh, and it's proven to work because couples that have been married for 40 years, they ain't never took gender differences training, but they know how to work with the opposite sex, so that's why it works. And then... Um, uh, and then Third uh, problem, challenge, is uh, managing emotions, which we've been talking about ever since on both online and off. Um, fourth is uh, dealing with uh, structural and other breakdowns, making sure your needs are met, making sure that you guys trust each other, have you know, the foundation for um, the business side of your life working. Uh, because when that's not working, it gets all over the emotional side. Uh, it causes miscommunication, which is the thing we're going to talk about today. Uh, you know, it deals with uh, you know, uh, gender issues get in the way all of a sudden. And then, um, you know, if you're not on the same page about how you are in a relationship and what you want and all of that, they can even mess that up too. So, um, you know, structural all the breakdowns is serious pain in the ass and uh, at first intentionally because it is. And, um, those are the things we talked about. And then today we're going to talk about miscommunication or how to eliminate miscommunication. Uh, and then uh, next session, which would be great, uh, perfect for you to uh, to go uh, where you're going. I think you say you're going to the Dominican Republic. So uh, mm-hmm. then before you leave, it'll be perfect. You'll be inspired because session six is the, is the last session, but it's also the simplest session because it's the summary of like well, after everything is out of the way, all that is left is what we won't talk about. So, so that's it. So um, today is miscommunication. And I'm just going to jump right in. 
So um, I'm not going to teach you about communi communication. What I am going to do is talk to you about the mindset that you have to have around communication. So um, you have to be responsible for communication. And so here's the, here's the context for you being effective in communication in your relationship. The context is, it's easier for you to go around and understand 100 people than it is for you to make even one person understand you. You know, when you first said it, the first word that came to mind was flexibility. Yes. Yeah, flexibility, generosity, a whole bunch of different principles that will allow you to be able to understand people because communication is a contextual, you know, interaction, activity. It's contextual. It's not content. So people that stick to the details, they miss the point. And so when you can understand the other person's point, then you can help them understand yours. But somebody's going to have to understand somebody somewhere. Follow? Clearly. <clears throat> yeah. Somebody got to be understanding somebody's point. And it's easier for you to understand your woman and you'll understand your woman a hundred times before you can make her, make her understand you even once, bro. Just, just forget about trying to make her understand you. That's heavy. The only way you're going to get her to understand you is if she understand, you, you understand her so much, now she's fascinated. So let me read this to you. Most people don't listen. If they don't know how to listen, they'll never or almost never be able to understand you. Let me say that again. If they don't know how to listen, they'll either never or almost never be able to understand you. Waiting for someone who doesn't know how to listen to become an effective listener it's a lot like waiting for a five-year-old to move a car out of the driveway. They just don't know how. Making them wrong is not going to help them become a better listener either. In addition, they don't think you'll listen to them. Let me say that again. In addition, they don't think you'll listen to them because no one else does. Why should they listen to you? Get that? I did it so much that I realized that I was beating my head up against the wall, not in that just trying to get it to understand or, or like, why are you just asking what I just said versus... What you said, getting uh, getting their communication, yeah, a hundred times before you can get yeah. me even once. Yeah. Just give yourself permission to keep getting their communication until, see, because here's what happens: when you're able to get somebody else's communication enough, you learn how to speak their language. Here's what's going to happen: if you listen to others, one hundred percent. You really recreate them fully, right? They will experience being listened to 
then they'll experience being respected, honored, appreciated, and in many cases, shocked. But what's coming up for me, and I mentioned this before in one of the other sessions, mm-hmm. is that it seems as though when a person gets this, yes. they can be with almost anyone. Exactly. So, what this does is make them want to return the favor. When you're such a good listener, all of a sudden they focus on listening to you because they experience you being such a good listener. They're shocked that anybody is going to take that much time to listen to them. They're shocked that you're that good as a listener. So they're going to do want to return the favor, if only so they'll so you'll continue to listen to them more often. Also. By you doing this, you're demonstrating how to listen and you're teaching them how to teach others how to listen to them. They won't necessarily be able to describe it to anybody else, but then they'll start having more patience because at least one person is listening to me. At least I know what it looks like to listen for real. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't. You don't count on it, and that's not why you do it. But if you're with a mature person who knows who they are and gone through this other stuff, constantly creates a relationship, this becomes easier and easier because now you're both doing this with each other. Let me understand this person here. Make sense? Mm-hmm. You're good. By the way, I said I was going to say something to you about triggers before we got on the set to call hand and uh, – Talk she was taking his time doing this thing here, right? So here's what I got. I got that all – I learned this in the Lamar form, and then I really just got it yesterday, <laughs> right? So I did the Lamar form in June 1999. So it was almost 17 years now since I did it the first time, right? I did it four other times, and the only time they ever talked about what frustrates people, the only thing that frustrate human beings, was in my first session. I didn't hear it any time after that, so I'm glad I did get it. But they said that, you know, the thing that frustrates people is one of three things, undelivered communication, thwarted intentions, unfulfilled expectations. You've heard me say that. We heard that. They told us that. All right. Yeah, they call it the source of uh, um, an argument, the source of uh, anger or something like that. That's how they phrase it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyhow, I know that they have it. I just only heard it in my in my first one, and I'm glad, right? So, but here's the thing. The key to being, the key to trigger, really, out of all three of those, there's the unfulfilled expectation, there's the undelivered communication, but the, the key killer, dealer is thwarted intention. Right. So, when you look at you getting triggered, and you look at managing your emotions, and looking at to get untriggered, like you don't want to be invalidated. So when somebody invalidates you and you don't want you get triggered by being invalidated because you had a thwarted intention and an unfulfilled expectation. But what I'm saying is the key to all of that is to really I'm gonna say focus on the thwarted intention because you can talk to somebody to get it out of your system. You know, you could say, Okay, that was an expectation and that did not make an agreement. Okay, got it, didn't make an agreement, okay, 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 got it. But the thwarted intention it's like, what are you going to do, curse God out or ask God to apologize for you for getting stuck in traffic? 
You know what I'm saying? Like, there's nothing to do around the thwarted intention. The other stuff, you could actually do something. The only thing you can do with a thwarted intention is to surrender and accept it and, like, stop resisting it, right? Okay. Really, I mean, what else there is there? There's nothing else. I mean, you know, you got a car accident. That's a thwarted intention. You did not intend to get into a car accident, but you got to accept it because there's nothing else to it. You know what I mean? So, like... Okay. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm giving this to you so that, like, for example, when you get a thwarted intention call, why is this guy honking at me? <laughs> yeah, you're going to be right? So that's a thwarted intention. I don't want nobody honking at me. What are you honking at me for? That's a thwarted intention for you and an unfulfilled expectation because you ain't expecting to get there. Makes sense. So, you know, I want to give this to you so it's easier for you to get off it, as they say in Lamont, right? And, you know, be responsible for how things are going. So, anyhow, um, yeah, so anyhow, that's the mindset that you want to have around communication. So, um, the mindset, the context is easier for you to understand 100 people or to understand your woman 100 times. It is to make her to get her to understand you even once. Now, I'm not saying she won't. I'm saying you better not count on it. You got to keep going over there, going over there, going over there until she realizes that one, you're committed to this, understanding her. Two, you understand her so much, you're talking her language, so now she can start hearing you. Are you saying it's a gender thing? Nope. Coming from a gender perspective now? Nope. No, it's a human being thing. So you would say the same thing to a woman right now? Oh, absolutely, please. I would say it to a group. This is communication. This is not gender. Okay. Yeah, this is communication. This is this is even in my communication with professionals. The first place I went was um, professionally when I heard it. You know, when I heard you say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it applies... In humanity, relationships, human relationships of all types, family, parenthood, boys playing ball, don't matter, bro. You're accountable and responsible for quality communication. If you take that on, you got a shot. (laughs) Most people don't know how to listen. They don't know how to communicate. They don't even know they don't know. They think because they got a big vocabulary, that's enough. Or the fact that people have been understanding them since high school or since they've been talking is enough. People don't know what they don't know. They don't know. They've just been talking. And then they get your stuff. They get hired. They get a job. They get a paycheck. They pay their bills. They think they can talk. They can communicate. Mm. They think that's all there is. They don't know that there's other subtleties. And then when they talk to somebody or they hear somebody who's a great speaker, they don't know how come. They can't hear what's making them great. I would love to have a conversation with Martin Luther King to see what had him such be such a great communicator. I would love that. People know he was a great communicator. Ronald Reagan, great communicator. That's what they call him, the great communicator. I don't know what he was saying and doing that had to be so great as communicator. I would love to hear it. I would love to get to be those guys like that. Tony Robbins, another one. You know what I mean? Like that's the that, first person that came to mind. Yeah. So, 
but they have distinctions in communication, but you can't tell because they're using words. But their brain is moving around in such a way that it, it's landing over there perfectly. So, anyhow, you're accountable for the communication in your relation with your woman because it's contextual, and now you know. So now, I'm going to tell you the next thing, which is the biggest causes for miscommunication in relationships. Not knowing who you are or your partner not knowing who they are. That's actually the number one biggest problem in communication in relations. People say, communication is the key to work in relationship. No, communication is the result of, of you know, communication not working <laughs> or, or working. Okay. It's the result. It's not the thing. Then, uh, so not knowing who you are, a lack of understanding gender differences or how to work with the opposite sex, um, structural and other breakdowns, Disappointments, needs not being met, promises kept, all of that stuff gets in the way of communication. Being controlled by your emotions, another one. Misunderstanding of context, that's probably number two, <laughs> quite frankly. Um, it might be number one and it might be number two. It's right up there at the top, man. Not understanding context. And then a lack of knowledge. Everyone has the skills to be a communicator, but most people do not know how to communicate. They do talking. Talking is you have an idea in your head, you want to make sure people get it. <laughs> Communication is getting along, creating, you know, relating, expanding. Communication is producing results. Talking is just making sure people hear you. you can, mm. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, the impact of miscommunication. So, anytime you see any of these, any of these impacts happening in your in your space in your relationship, mm-hmm. it, you, the two places I would tell you to go back to is the emotions and communication. So here they are. The impact of miscommunication, loneliness, loss of trust, defensiveness, judgment, anger, confusion, invalidation, sadness, shock. I didn't say shock. I don't know what you're doing in the background, man. Breakdowns of every sort, disappointment, resignation, jealousy, alienation, and other forms of emotional pain. That's the impact of miscommunication. It is deadly. I mean, every one of those is an, any one of any one of those is enough to, to 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 totally, you know, destroy a moment in time, permanent. And any one of them done enough times will be will set the temperature, the emotional thermostat for the relationship. And any one of these on a consistent basis, will blow up the relationship, period. So you want to eliminate all of that stuff. But in a way to do it, in one fell swoop, just keep understanding your woman, just keep understanding her, just keep understanding her. Now, I'm not saying be a butt kisser. I'm not saying that 
the, any, no, no matter how much you're in a relationship with whoever you're with, you know, that understanding them is going to make the relationship work. Because if y'all are not a match, ain't no amount of effective communication going to make you a match, which is not. I mean, imagine y'all have this magical kind of communication style and you hate having sex with each other. You ain't going nowhere, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or you have this amazing sex and this amazing communication, but your lives are so separate after a while, you feel like you're just fucking roommates, you know? So, or your love language is off, even though everything else is working, right? So, like, you want to be, you know, after you, this is eliminating a lot of problems, just not all of them. It's, pre- it's prevention, actually, as opposed to repair. <laughs> if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This communication, I mean, communication effectiveness is uh, cure. It's beforehand. It's prevention, I should say, not cure. It's prevention. Um, it's not repair. I mean, it's used as repair, but it's not repair. It's a tool to repairing, but you, I wouldn't count on Oh, we just have great communication. <laughs> so, so now I told you the cost. Let me tell you the, the, the benefits, the value of uh, effective communication. You ready? Mm-hmm. So, if any of these things are missing that you're looking for, that means that there's some place for you to get trained or to get developed or get more expensive and more effective in communication. So here's the benefits, the value of effective communication. So you get clarity, workability, synchronicity, which is, you know, basically being able to work with each other, you know, in harmony. Uh, love, right. love, intimacy, cooperation, understanding, increase in knowledge and effectiveness, fun, satisfaction and fulfillment, validation, growth, teamwork and partnership, accuracy, happiness, joy. So I don't know if you know the difference between happiness and joy, but because, you know, people use it, you know, they use it as anonymously. Yes. Happiness is happy with how things are right now. Joy is like a deep, non-specific, um, like, 20-time happiness. Okay. It's like happy is, you know, I won the winning basket in, you know, a play, in a playoff game. That was a really Joy game. is... Being an MVP, I played in the in the in the in the championship game, even though we lost. Yeah, yeah, and you know it would be whatever it is that has you be permanently satisfied. Like when you laying on your grave, you know it's like some like you say, some guys would be like, "Yo, I made it to the NBA, man." That would be like the joy of joys. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like like that. It's like it becomes this permanent, man. You just you just. Happiness is almost circumstantial, whereas joy is like fundamental, man. And so, okay, you know, but you have the opportunity to have 
like being in the relationship of your dreams with the partner of your dreams, which is what this whole program is about, is your is a source of joy. It's one of the joys that we're born wanting to have. And as far as I'm concerned, everybody deserves it because, I mean, you know, not everybody's going to have it because it might not be their life purpose, but almost everybody. So, anyhow, so that's that. So now, okay. So now, here's a clue to, uh, uh, to let you know um, how to, whether or not you're being effective or not. So, if people repeat themselves, saying the same thing over and over again, whether it's the same day or they say the same thing next week or tomorrow, you haven't listened to them 100%. If a person keeps saying the same things over and over again, you haven't listened to them 100%. And so, listening to a person 99.99999% is the exact same thing as listening to 0%. You either listen 100% or you you can expect to fail as a communicator. I say you will, but you ain't getting through to them. And they don't have the experience of being listened to. And so if they don't have the experience of being listened to, you should trust their opinion, not yours. Okay. Now, what happens when I'm, when I'm in a conversation and a person doesn't have the experience of being listened to, you know, I know my first reaction is to get a little frustrated because, listen, I'm, I got you. I really understand what you're saying from beginning to end, especially in which our relationships. But if they don't have the experience of listening, then I, then I stop talking and I shut up. And then if they still don't have the experience of me listening, sometimes I will close my eyes. And if they still don't have it, then sometimes I'll even hold my breath. <laughs> I don't want that to stop me talking. Oh, no, it's not stopping me from talking. It stops me from doing anything. It's stopping my body from moving. I'm trying to mm. actually, at that point, what I'm trying to do, believe it or not, is I'm trying to have my whole body be a listening tool. Like, my whole body is now vibrating like an ear. I'm trying. Like, I want my body to receive the message, not just my ears. Okay. So I'm like, I just shut down, shut down, shut down, shut down, and give them my all as much as I possibly can. And I've never stopped holding my stuff. I've never held my breath, and that, did, that wasn't the, the, the last thing I needed to do. I've never had to go beyond holding my breath for a few seconds and managing my breathing. I've never had to go beyond that for anybody to be like, okay, he's finally listening to me. But you want to get every possible distraction out. You want to be listening to people the way um, you listen to a movie, you watch a movie. When you're watching a movie, you ain't thinking about nothing. The movie just keeps coming at you, what's next? What's, you don't even ask you what's next. You can be watching what's happening to not even realize there's something that's happening. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Watching a movie is the closest thing to being fully present that, you, that we normally experience. Like in a movie theater, big-ass screen, everything's dark, that's the closest thing we are, that human beings have on a regular basis, to being fully present. We're not thinking about our phone. We're not even thinking about the person we sit next to most of the time. We're just busy watching the movie, right? So you actually have to learn how to listen that intently to your partner 
in order for you to have communication work in your relationship. And it's funny because, you you know, you watch a movie, right? And you're not talking. You're just sitting there. You're just like watching what's going on. It's too fascinating for you to think anything else. Like movie is mind control to some degree, you know? Okay. But the fascinating thing is at the end of the movie, you remember half the movie's dialogue even and shit, you know? Mm, okay, I get where you're going about presses now. Yeah, it's like you don't even notice that you remembered everything because you didn't interrupt yourself. Because here's the thing. The reason why we have have a hard time listening to people, really recreating them, is because we're too busy talking to ourselves in our own heads. We've got our own opinions. And unfortunately, we can only hear one voice at a time. That's how our brain is designed. So if we're over here thinking, we're not listening to the person that's speaking. And they can feel it. Right. Just more, right. Right. So, so you have to you have to stop talking to yourself. Stop. Even if you have an idea, you got to put it to the side until you finish, like you do when you're watching a movie. So, if somebody's repeating themselves, you have to listen to them 100, percent which means you got to go and listen to them 100. percent and when you do, they won't bother saying it anymore because they know that you heard them and they had the experience of being listened to. Did I ever tell you about what happened with my dad about this, this, the same thing? Yes. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. He told me the same story for 22 years, and then I listened to him fully one time, and he stopped. He never told me for the next eight years until he died. It was the last time he told me about when I was five. He'd <laughs> say the story about me, you know. So I finally listened to him. That was such a profound lesson, bro. Now, here's the other thing. Here's another way to know whether somebody's listening to you, whether you're listening to 100% or not, or whether they're listening to you 100%, because this is important too. If you're talking and you're having a hard time fumbling, or a hard time finding the words, you can't think straight. That person is not listening to you. They're too busy thinking. How is that an indication of that? Because they're not pulling the words out of you with their listening. Mm. The listener is pulling the words out of the, uh, the, uh, the speaker. The speaker has heavy. I yeah. like that. Yeah. That, so I'm having fun because you're listening so intently. It's easy for me to talk. But if you ever... I don't know. You did, you, did, you did the communication courses, right? No, not as a participant. Oh. So there's an exercise in there. I think it's the power to create. Uh, one of the two. Anyhow, there's an exercise in there where you talk to somebody and then they're not listening to you. And then you talk to them again and then they're all listening to you. And you can feel the difference. When a person's not listening to you, oh, it's fucking hard to talk, man. Oh, my God. So hard. <laughs> it's clutch. But when a person is listening to you, it's easy. Like, the flow is so free. And so if you're talking to somebody and they're fumbling, they have the experience of not being listened to it. They don't know that's what's going on. Yeah, they might be nervous, but your listening, your generosity, your pulling the communication out of them is going to have them feel free in speaking. Make sense? Yes, but it sounds like it's active listening. It is active listening. We talk about active listening, conscious listening. Yeah. 
So you're responsible for your partner communicating. I mean, there's, there's, there's tons of communication practices, but in the sense of working with your partner in a relationship so you can be happy for 20, 30 years, you don't need to know all these relationship practices. What you need to know is how communication works, which is what I'm talking about. So, yeah, if people are repeating themselves, you haven't listened to them 100%. If they're stumbling and fumbling with the words, you're not listening to them closely enough. Okay. You're not listening to them. So if, if you were, they would, they, would be, they would be talking freely. So, anyhow, so that's that. So now, oh, okay, so eliminating triggers from unfulfilled expectations. I need to, I need to add something here for the one intentions and undelivered communication. <laughs> All right, so to eliminate triggers from unfulfilled expectations is don't have any expectations. You already know that. Making shift from having expectations to having desires and observing how your desires are matched with reality. That means altering your mindset, actions, agreements, structures, etc. Communicate your expectations to the people you have expectations about. So here's the thing about expectations that I've observed, right, because I've been watching this for a while. An expectation is really an undelivered agreement. Uncommunicated agreement, excuse me. If you have an agreement in your own mind, stuff's supposed to go a certain way and then it don't. That's called an expectation. But if you have an agreement with somebody and it don't go your way, that's not an expectation anymore. That's a broken agreement. So if you're driving, I'll use that again because really it's kind of, I feel like you have to be a torture when people honk at you. Man, really. so, but I'm using it, you feel like it would be a what? I feel like you are being tortured by them. <laughs> oh. When when they honk at you, it's like it's like sticking the fucking needle in your side, you know. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Why are you sticking a needle in my side? What's wrong with you? It's kind of like that, you know. So, using that as an example, in your mind, you have an agreement, an expectation that nobody's supposed to be rude with you on the road. No, no, no. Okay. I have an agreement and expectation that we all are participating in driving. So, you know, with so many things going on, you know, light changes, stopping up cars, weaving in and out, like we all just be patient. We all, you know, don't do anything stupid. Just pay attention, even with the car in front of you and the car behind you. So... In the car in front of that one, just pay attention to all of those things. Like, I see three cars ahead. Mm-hmm. You know, so if I was just in two lanes, I'm on the side of the road with two lanes, and three cars or two cars ahead, he stopped. I know the car in front of me is going to stop. Right. So I'm getting in the next lane. And I anticipate him coming in that next lane because the car in front of him is stopped. So be participate. That's my expectation. Yeah, but see, the problem is it's an expectation. Right, okay, okay. Right, so your, ooh, ooh, I get it. I don't know if you ever heard me talk about this thing called the expert's dilemma. <laughs> I think I have. <laughs> yeah. And I think 
think it applies. Yeah. 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 You're an expert, and your dilemma is how come y'all don't know the shit that I know? You sound when you were just describing driving. You know, you sounded like me before I started coaching people around relationships. Why do you need coaching? Who, who, who needs relationship coaching? This shit is easy. Now, I remember saying that exactly, those exact words, bro. Even people pay for relationship coaching? You serious? This shit is easy. Why would anybody want to do that? And you're such an expert in driving that you expect everyone else to be an expert. But no, you're better than most, right? I mean, when you look at yourself on the road, right? <laughs> I didn't say it, you said it. But let's let's be real here. <laughs> yes, I am better than most in driving. Yeah, so it's like you getting mad at all the five year olds for spilling their food on the table on the on the table or, you know, whatever they're doing with the food it's like not grown up like, you know? Right. You're dealing with the experts dilemma, bro. Okay. Anywhere, anywhere you're dealing with an expert dilemma, you like you're an expert in an area where most people aren't. You're one of the twenty percent, or you're one of the twenty percent of the twenty percenters, which is the four percent. You know, you can expect that. You know, your your job as an expert really is to take it from everybody else who ain't. <laughs> That's the gift of your expertise. That's the that's the responsibility of your expertise. Mm-hmm. Just help everybody else that ain't there. Because you would hope somebody would do that with you with, I don't know, bookkeeping or whatever you do, you know, logo design. I don't know, whatever, right? You would want a 4%er to take care of you like he was a baby and, and make sure you, you know, completely taken care of, right? Maybe. Say it again? I said, if you were dealing with an area that you really needed support, training, you know, or, or um, work from, in an area where you sucked at or didn't even know anything about it, you would want to be taken care of by somebody who's a four percenter. Yeah. Who and they would do it for you as if you were, you know, you know, for, forgive my choice of words, as if you was an infant who needed to get their butt changed and, and get a bottle, and they can't do it for themselves to some degree, right? Yes. But we all we all want that. The challenge is most of us get annoyed. When other people can't do what we do because the thing we do that's great, it's so easy for us. How come it's so hard for you? But if you notice, it ain't easy for almost anyone else. The reason why it ain't easy for almost anyone else is because that's your gift for everyone else. Okay. So, so being being patient with people who are not smart enough to be patient will, you know, help you manage your blood pressure um, and uh, help you get less uh, uptight, and it will help you uh, um, practice that uh, with your girl <laughs> on top of it. It will make it easier for you. Like, I would use that thing as practice for, like, being untriggerable with my girl. Okay. You know, like, not like you should, because, yeah, like I told you, I got my little things, you know. <laughs> Mine is... You know, damn, man, you, you can't let me walk down the aisle. You see me coming? What's up with that? You know, that's why, right? Mosquitoes is another one. So, you know, we got ours, right? So I'm saying, we all do. Yeah, I'm saying for you, you can use that as, you know, your tool for being untriggerable. 
which is the so okay so um so all right, so then uh, so I'll read that again. So, you know, eliminating triggers from unfulfilled expectations is about, you know, you keeping your triggers from uh, from affecting your ability to communicate properly. That's why I put it in here, okay? So now, um, I'll just say that again. Uh, don't have any expectations. Make a shift from having expectations to having desires and observing how your desires are in match with reality. That means altering your mindset, your actions, your agreements, your structures, etc. So that you've taken it from a undelivered agreement to a actual agreement. Okay. And then next is to communicate your expectations to the people you have expectations about or with. Because you can say, listen, I demand, I'm expecting you to do blah, 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 which is really a demand. <laughs> you just didn't use the word demand, you said expect. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can say that, but as long as you're communicating it, it's actually no, it's actually no longer an expectation. It's actually an agreement now. Um, which, by the way, is what we're going to talk about in the second, portion, second half of this, uh, which is just about coming up. And then the third thing is, this is the one that hopefully will um, give you some freedom. I think I've told you this one before, but I'm just obviously going to say it in a, New context now. So, so I'm inviting you to take on this kind, this question for the rest of your life. Um, this is a powerful question to use in dealing with people who think. The question is, what must they be thinking that made them feel that what they just said or did was okay? You heard me say that one before. No. What oh. must they be thinking if what they said to me? They think what no. they said to me is okay? Yeah, it's almost that. It's almost that. What was they be thinking that made them feel that what they just said or did was okay? So it's thinking, feeling, and then actions. Okay. So what must they be thinking that made them feel that what they just said or did was okay? So they either said something or they did something, right? That's what I said, said or did. Okay. So um, I, when I first learned this question, it got me my sister back. I think I told you the story about her stealing the money from me. Not the top of my head. I don't remember. So my sister stole $2,700 from my dead mother's money from me that was supposed to be for me while I was in the ILP. <laughs> and uh, she didn't tell me for four months. And when I found out, I don't know if I've ever been more devastated before in my life. Because, one, she stole my money. And I really was the count. It was $2,700. I was about to you know, decide whether I was going to put the money into my store or not. I had a clothing store at the time. I sucked at it. And I was either going to use it for that or I was going to use it to, like, get a new apartment and use it to help me pay my rent for a couple of and then, um, so, um, so that was the one thing. She stole the money I was expecting. Number two, my sister stole my money. It wasn't some strange friend. It was my sister. Are you crazy? That, oh, man, that was like a spike in the heart. And then the piano that fell on my head was my sister stole our dead mother's money for me. This is money that our mother wanted for me. 
you had her. It wasn't like, you know. And, oh, man, I was so devastated, man. I was fucked up, man. That's, that's you should have given it back? Huh? I mean, she ain't, nope, nope, nope. She ain't making no money. So, I mean, it's, I, 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 you know, she, I think she gave me like $400 of it back at one point. I've I, I exonerated her like a thousand times. But the point is that she taught me this question because after about six weeks of me having to beat her up and cursing her out and yelling at her all the time, I heard her one conversation and she sounded so guilty. She sounded like she felt so guilty, man. I felt bad for her. So I said, okay, we're going to complete this right now. And at that time, I was already on staff. It was my last day in the ILP, and I was still I was the security manager in, in, the, in the lobby, so I was a part-time staffer, and I was completing the ILP. So I called her up, and I figured it was going to take two to three weeks to get complete for her to get completed on this thing, you know. So I said, so uh, I got a question for you because, you know, I'm, I'm hearing that you really like, this is really bothering you. I thought it was bothering me, but I see it's bothering you almost more than bothering me. So I got a question for you. So what was you what was you thinking that made you feel like you could, what you did was okay? What I asked you, you had a store. You had your own business. You must be making money. No, that wasn't what she was thinking. She told me everything that I ever pissed her off about from the time we was like five. And she held so many things against me. But what she first told me was, you know, she told me after after she said all of it, the reason why she stole it was because she didn't really want to steal it. She was trying to use it to invest in stuff and use the stock market to make money with. And she blew her the money. She didn't try to steal it. She didn't, like, use it for it. She was hoping that she could make the money back from the investment before she give it back to me, but she didn't do that. She failed. She lost her money. She lost my money. That was it. But so that's how that happened. But that, and so she got it in April, and she tried for four months to get it back. But she saw I was, you know, I told her, listen, I'm about to get kicked out of my store. I'm living in my store, so I need to find a new place. I need my money. What's up with that? He kept saying, it's coming soon. It's coming soon. So she lied to me for four months. So. I was like, what made you feel like it was okay? So, you know, she started telling me stuff, and it took her about an hour and 15 minutes to tell me everything that I ever pissed her off about. Everything. She told me at least three things that never happened, but in her mind it did. Mm. I'm listening to I'm like, to myself, that never happened. What are you talking about? But everything else, yeah. <laughs> you know? I was a bully, and I set her up, and I picked on her, and all of this stuff, man. Because we, you know, we're, we're uh, Irish twins, you know. And uh, you know what Irish twin is? No. Yeah, Irish twin is when uh, two two siblings are born less than twelve months apart. Mm. <laughs> That's why they call it Irish twin because Irish must have came up with that one. I don't know, but um, yeah. So she was born in September. I was born in October. So she was born like less than a year after me. And uh, uh City House, so that was that. So it took an hour fifteen minutes before she got to nothing. And then two months later, two months later, she did no ammo form. And then about a month month and a half after that, she signed up to be a person on my assistant team, as the on the on my facilities team for for three months. Mm-hmm. That was the highlight of my life as a staff member. That's the greatest thing I've accomplished as a staff member. You know, people know me best as a guy who was in the World Trade Center. 
who, you know, with the facilities manager was in the building when the planes hit. To mm-hmm. me, that was my second biggest accomplishment. My biggest accomplishment was getting my sister back because that's the last time I ever had an argument with her. Last time she was ever pissed off at me, like, 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 you know, screw you and all she wrote in on, you know. I got my sister back in that conversation asking this question. And that was the day before I asked my dad the other question. <laughs> I, you know, I got him, a, I recreated him, and he stopped telling me that story. The next day, that was a powerful weekend, bro. Un- unforgettable weekend. September 22nd and 23rd, 2000. Can't forget it. Got my okay. Got me yeah, so... That question, here's how it goes. Here's why this question is so powerful. Because I think I said this to you the other day. No, I thought I said this in my mentee meeting. My guy wouldn't, wouldn't believe in me. But all right, fine, whatever. Here's what happens. Something happens, and then you have a thought about that thing. And then you feel a certain way, like at the same instant, damn near. It's like a fraction of a second. I don't know if it's one millionth of a second. But the thought comes first. But your feeling comes from the thought, your interpretation of what happened. And then you feel some way, and then you do something. So something happens, and you have a thought about what happened. And then you, do, you feel a certain way about it, and then you take action based on how you feel and how you thought. That's how that goes. Okay. So to give you a, a tangible example of what I mean is that um, if you were at work, at your job, at our job, and you were at your desk, and you heard a glass break a few feet away. You'd be like, damn, somebody dropped a glass or something like that. What the hell was that? Something like that, right? And then, um, you know, that would be your thought. You'd probably do nothing or feel bad about the guy or, you know, curious or whatever or laugh because, you know, somebody you don't like. Whatever your thought is around it, just be like nonchalant for the most part, generally speaking. But, you know, if he was home and... Um, you know, you're cooking in the kitchen, and then, you know, you bumped into the table and the glass broke. Same thing happened, right? Glass broke, right? Right around you, right? You'd be like, shit, man, I broke the glass. Now you got to sweep it up. You might have to get another glass for it, you know, or whatever your thought is about the particular glass that broke. You know what I mean? But it's different. You have a different thought, different feeling, and different actions around it happening in your kitchen than it happened at your job when somebody else felt glass broke, right? And then, and then the same thing happens. You're in bed, only when in the house, and a glass breaks in the kitchen. That's a fucking problem. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Why is glass breaking in my kitchen, and I'm the only one here? How the hell has that happened? Now you're scared. Now you want to go get a gun or a broom or a stick because who the fuck is in my house? It's probably one of the main things you'll be thinking, right? Because mm-hmm. something happened, you had a thought about it, and when your thought contained, you know, look at all the possible scenarios, this was the thought you ended up having, and then you had this feeling that came with it, which is almost instant. And then you take actions around it. That's how, we, that's how human beings operate. But that's so, more, that's a quicker type thing versus a... Let me let me hear you, let me hear you finish. Yeah. No, it's, 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 it happens almost instantly. That's right. And then it also happens drawn out. But that's how we okay. see it. Yeah, it okay. happens either, either it happens quick or slow, but it happens. But that's the order okay. in which it happens. The order don't change. 
we feel a certain way based on how we think something's going on, how our interpretation of how life is. And, and then once we feel something, we do something about the feeling because we're emotional creatures. We're beings. We be a certain way. That's why being connected to and living your, your, uh, your, your, your principles of your life is so powerful because what you think about, the first thought you have when something happens is you, you think about it connected to your principles. So, you know, you would have, like, what would love do now? Or if I was being loving, what would happen? Like love would be yes uh, yes right. Yes. So that's why living life powerfully, living a life of principle is so powerful, and also living a life of principle is so powerful because then you can see the principles other people are living their life by. Because this question is telling you what principles people live in their life by. Because what must they been thinking that made them feel that what they just said or did was okay? I hear you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So what they're thinking is how they have the world already and how this compares to how they have the world already in their head. Something happens and their brain automatically starts looking for what's this like? What's this familiar with? What's this similar to? Right? Yeah. And then they feel a certain way. <gasps> oh, that's not good. Oh, that's really good. Oh. I don't give a crap about that, right? And that's how they feel about it. Once they get connected to what this is, this thing is like, it's like the principle of love or clarity or whatever, prosperity, whatever, right? And then, um, you know, what ends up happening is they start taking action based on how they feel because how they feel is connected to their interpretation, their principles. That's why, again, I'll say it again, that's why Knowing the principles you live with your life by makes it easy for you to recognize who other people are because you can see the principles that they live their life by because they're going to think about the principles that they live their life by. They're going to compare what's happening to their particular principles, which is the thing that's in their best interest, but people always do things that they think is in their best interest. Not that they do things that's in their best interest. They do things that they think is in their best interest. <laughs> that's why people do dumb shit, you know what I'm saying? But they think that's in their best interest. Eh, wrong answer. But if you ask yourself this question, and what you're really doing is you're doing like some mind examination. Mind, mind then, then you would be doing what's in your best interest then if you yeah. ask yourself that question, even if you ask yourself that question. Exactly. That's why, see, this question becomes so much more powerful when you do the personal life charter, even if you don't do the relationship charter. You do your own personal life charter, and you'd be like, oh, I'm not operating inside of my principles. Or you are. Follow? Tony? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you want you to hear something? Those asking you if you followed me, and I didn't hear nothing. So I said, oh, oh, I didn't hear the word follow. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I got it, yeah. Okay, good, 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 good. Yes. So you want to ask your girl this question all the time because this will help you manage your communication because that will help you understand her so that she has the experience of being listened to, and then you can have some awesome communication and get back to your relationship. 
I don't think it takes a mature communicator to deal with stuff like that. Say again? I think it takes a mature communicator to interact with a question like that and not take it personal. Yep. Exactly. Well, that's what this course is about. I go into this also in my communication with professionals, but, like, this is communication, you know, so... And I'm talking about mature from an emotional point of view. Yes. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I get it. Not intellectually. Right. You know, it's interesting. I just want to say this. I don't mind having this on the recording, actually. So uh, what I'm going to say is that this Happily Ever After program, the five biggest problems, I've got something for um, four of the five problems, um, a full workshop about four of the five problems. The only one I don't have a full program around is managing emotions. I'll have a separate program specifically designed just for that. But uh, I got something okay. for I got something for knowing who you are. I got something for gender differences. I got something for uh, managing you know your life, and I've got something for um, uh, obviously for communication. So at some point, I guess I'll get some around to the emotional side, but um, I don't have anything yet for it. This is the closest I got to it. So I just want to say that. Okay. All right, great. So now. Uh, last thing I want to say about this is the power of this question is that it puts you in their world and allows you to learn things, understand them, and even teach them how to understand you. So when you understand where they're coming from, you can share with them how you're coming from something that tastes different. And, um, you know, you can say just because we're thinking differently don't, don't, doesn't mean we, we, not, we can't think together. We can't put our brain together. So I saw a post recently that I had to put on my Facebook page. It said uh, three, 3 plus 6 equals 9. But then again, so does 5 plus 4. And just because you got to 9 differently doesn't mean that, you know, you can't get along or that it's a good enough reason to disagree or something to that effect. One plus eight equals nine, right? So there's so many different ways you can get to, well, there's a few ways you can get to nine. So why are we, why do we have to have an argument about how to get to nine? In other words, why do we have to let the, our differences of thinking not have us agree? Mm-hmm. Right? And what happens is people get annoyed with the fact that you don't think the way they think rather than, can we think together in ways that produce a result we could both be happy with? So you understanding this question and you applying this question on a regular basis will allow you to have that power. I did not know this was going to take this long to get into it, so I'm just like being responsible. But um, uh, it's okay. So you so you say all that to say that you're going to portion the next part for the next call. I don't really want to do that, but it took us like 15 minutes to get to the point where we could turn it to the, uh, the recording on. Um, right. And so, like, you know, officially, there's the clock and then there's the length of time the call is. So the length of time right. of this call is about an hour, right, this minute. But, um, you know, the actual time slot for you is, I got like 13 minutes. So I can go through no, the actual time for the call is an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah, so we went an hour. So I'm just saying that, you know what I mean? 
Well, an hour and 18 minutes. Uh, okay, so the content portion of this has been an hour. That's what I'm saying. Okay, so I'll, you know, I'll finish. Okay. That's where, that's where I'm coming from, the content portion okay. an hour. And uh, I don't think this, this part is going to take an hour and a half. I mean, the next half hour. Uh, I'll stop whenever you say, okay, I heard enough. Okay, how about that? Okay. You can stop. Say it again? I say you can stop. Right now? Yes. Okay, great. I really I really I really think an hour and a half is too long. Okay. For me. I got it. And I don't know, maybe you should charge more if you're gonna stretch it out. Um because you gotta go back to work on the program and break it up from six to something else. Yeah, I, I originally had it at 12, and I shortened it to 6 because what I was doing was I was talking about what the problems were first, and then the second six, a series of 6 was what the solutions were. But I decided mm. to put the problem and the solutions in the same sessions to make it easier. Right, which makes sense, which yeah. makes sense. Right. But, but it's just, it's just, yeah, yeah. there's something in it that's stretching them an hour and a half, and for me that's long. Well, look, the, the challenge is this portion the writing part was brief, but the challenge was that I need to make sure that you got it in your bloodstream, and so that conversation took a lot longer to do than it would normally would, or it could be. You know what I mean? It's actually mm-hmm. about average. But the last couple of sessions that we had, you and I, you got it so quickly there was nothing else to talk about. But this one wasn't the same thing, so that's why it took so you know long. So I got the thing, and then I need to make sure you get it in a way that works for you. And that's why I said in the beginning that. Um, you know, I'm more committed that you get it the way you need to get it than I am managing the time. But, mm, okay. You know, so today was a perfect example of that. You know, you had lots of questions about this stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. if, I just, if I just read it to you, then should we be, we'd be finished with all, all of it already. <laughs> but i, I got to work at your speed, not mine, you know. Okay. So I already got this stuff. So let me just tell you uh, what this session is going to be, this piece here, um, how to um, make communication work, how to eliminate miscommunication, is um, you have to learn how to make and keep agreements. And so uh, what I have, this session is called the Anatomy of Relationship Agreements. There's uh, five pieces to this. the uh, areas of agreement, areas of impact. Yeah, this is going to, this is going to take a while. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Yes, level, yes. Level I was about to say, I, I, I was thinking to myself, I said, did he not hear me say that was enough? <laughs> no, I was actually, what I was doing was I was I wanted to give tell you what was coming so that you could decide if you still feel that way or not. That's what I was doing. I was not going to go in. I wanted to let you know what was coming so you could make a, a more informed decision than, you know, the one you was making. I wanted to make sure you know what you were saying no to. That's all. Oh, yeah, I did. But yeah, this is going. This one's going to take a little while. This is going to take at least a half hour. So I'll add it to you know next session, man. Okay, perfect. And um, next session will be shorter, but not necessarily. I mean, it is short. It's the shortest session of all of them. So. And you know what? I just thought about something. We are leaving Wednesday morning early. So you want to so do such an earlier or what? Maybe Monday night. Maybe. Maybe Monday night. Monday night don't work, bro. I got my men's team meeting on Monday nights. 
You have your men's team meeting Monday night. Okay. Maybe someday during the day on Sunday? Or during the, during the day on Sunday? Possibly, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think I'm going to uh, the, an event uh, on, on making money um, from 2 to 4 um, this Sunday. So it'll be okay. in Brooklyn. But maybe I could do like 7, 8 o'clock Monday evening, Sunday evening, maybe. I don't know. Saturday probably will work better. Saturday? Sunday evening. No, Sunday. Saturday we're going shopping and get some more stuff for the trip. Okay. How about Saturday morning? No, Saturday we're going shopping and we got to get more stuff for the trip. Sunday? We're going shopping with a lady. I understand what you're saying. You said Saturday you're going shopping, so what about Sunday morning? Sunday morning? What's morning to you? Anytime before 12? Mm-hmm. But now that works. Actually, you know what? So let's look at it. Um, let's look at that because uh, I don't know if that's not. You know what? Never mind. Forget about that. Because if we did, we'd have to do it early in the morning, though, like 8, 8, 8, 8 No, no. I want to sleep later. <laughs> you called me at right. 10 o'clock on Sunday. You slept. And I was there. Yeah, no, I saw that. Like, Hello. <laughs> that was funny. All right, so listen, uh, let me let me hit record you know, in the recording here. Hold on a second. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.